Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is a collection of thousands of audio titles, from audiobooks to podcasts to comedy. So many of us want to read more, but we just don't have the time. But Audible makes it easy by providing downloadable programs that you can listen to in the car, on your way to work, even while you're praying. Yes, you can listen to the audio version of the Bible with Audible and so many other Christian books. You guys, did you know that James Earl Jones did an audio recording of the Bible? Yeah, you can get that on Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses to start your free trial and get a free audiobook today. So you can get that James Earl Jones version of the Bible for free. Yep. That's audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses for your free trial and audiobook. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading the readings for the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, uh, which is September 6, 2020, in year A of the Roman Catholic Church. Our first reading this week is from Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 to 9. Thus says the Lord, You, son of man, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. If I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. But if you warn the wicked, trying to turn him from his way, and he refuses to turn from his way, he shall die for his guilt but you shall save yourself. Wow, so this reading um, really strikes me um, in regards to talking to people about their sin and trying to help them turn away from their sin when that can be really difficult because it means that we might be judged or we might lose friends or we might um, harm relationships because people feel as though we are criticizing them. And I think this can also be really tricky because none of us are perfect, right? And so sometimes it can feel like, well, I shouldn't be correcting someone because, you know, like I've got my own sin, like I got my own stuff to deal with and who am I? I don't have the right to judge someone. And that's true. Like, and the Lord says that in scripture, like um, Jesus says, you know, who are you to pull um, to criticize, um, the splinter in your brother's eye when all the time there's a big plank in your own. Um, but I also think there's a difference between criticizing and judging and then just like maybe just giving someone a wake-up call that they need, um, to turn away from sin because 
maybe everyone around that person is thinking the same thing you are, that someone really needs to talk to them, someone needs to check in on them, but no one does it because they're scared that that person is going to feel judged. But then what if just one person had brought up that thing that could have, you know, saved or helped that person um, in their walk towards, you know, salvation or just in their life? Um, you know, thinking about someone that might be struggling with addiction or like alcoholism. Um, that can be a really tricky situation because you don't want to push that person too much. It might push them further kind of into the deep end. And yet, if no one brings it up to them, then then they're nev that person's never going to get the help that they need. Um, and so I think it's about finding that balance between... Um, you know, just kind of like minding our own business and working on our own sin and then, you know, doing what we can to aid other people and the help towards their, towards us, their uh, salvation. And that's, I think sometimes that does mean that we are going to have to leave relationships behind or, um, you know, we might break friendships. Like being honest with that person might destroy your friendship but we also have to ask ourselves the question, like, what's more important? Is my friendship with this person more important than their health and their salvation? And the answer is probably no. And the Lord tells us in this reading, like, if we don't bring it up, we are going to be held responsible. Whereas if at least if we've brought it up to them, we've done what we can. And, you know, the ball's kind of in their court now, but at least we've planted maybe that seed that can, you know, help that person on their journey. The second reading this week is from the letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. Brothers and sisters, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no evil to the neighbor. Hence, love is the fulfillment of the law. This reading really reminds me of, um, and I think Paul's kind of referencing this in his letter, of when um, the Pharisees and scribes try to trick Jesus by asking him which of the laws is the most important. And he says, um, the most important is to love God, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor. All of the laws and all the prophets are summed up in these two teachings. And that's like exactly what Paul is reiterating in this teaching, that the, the commandments are perfectly lived out if we are properly loving um, the Lord and others. Because if you truly love someone, you're not going to commit adultery, you're not going to kill them, you're not going to steal from them, you're not going to covet what they have. Um, so that's really important just to go back to love and to really examine and I think that's a really good way to do like an examine at the end of the night or an examination of conscience. Like, did I properly love the people I interacted with today? Um, that's like a really good like baseline for kind of examining um, your day. And that's our duty to each other. Paul says that's our, well, we owe that to each other. 
owe nothing to anyone except to love another. Like that is our duty and our responsibility to love others. And I think that goes back to the first reading too, is that sometimes loving someone means um, being honest with them and being kind of tough and and bringing up those things that are really difficult to talk about because if you really love someone you want them to get to heaven that should be their greatest um our greatest desire for them is to get to heaven and so that's what it means to truly you know love someone The Gospel this week is from Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them." So we can clearly see how this connects to the first reading, obviously, talking to, you know, having those difficult conversations with people. And I think what Jesus brings up here is really important that um, when you know you're in a situation where you need to have a conversation with someone, doing it one-on-one so that they don't feel embarrassed, um, you know, making sure you've kind of planned out what you want to say so that it's not um, aggressive, so that it's not the person does not feel attacked. Um, a really good thing that I learned in pre-Cana, one of the best tips I think was that when you're having a difficult conversation with someone where you need to communicate like, you know, your grievances and your concerns, it's really good to use, um, I statements, meaning like, I feel like this, or I, um, I, I feel like, um, you are not, um, you might be like, I don't know, like, for example, the example they used in pre-Cana was like, um, you know, if a wife is like, kind of like really, um, overwhelmed and, um, the husband, like, I think it was like the husband brings home a friend for dinner and he didn't tell the wife ahead of time. And so she's just like really, really flustered. She like didn't clean the house. Um, And so instead of, like, when they have this conversation about that situation, instead of being like, you made me feel, like, worthless and, like, totally unprepared, and you didn't think about me, and you did not consider how I would feel, and then if the husband were to say, like, well, you shouldn't have been so upset, I don't get why you're so upset, instead of going that route, it's important to be like, instead, I feel this way. I felt overwhelmed. I felt, um, unprepared and I would have really liked to know beforehand so that I could have cleaned up. Um, it totally changes the tone of the situation. So that's just kind of like a tip for having these difficult conversations one-on-one. I always find it really, really helpful 
to plan out exactly what I'm going to say um, when I go into these situations because I tend to get, you know, kind of nervous and panicked. So I can't go like off the cuff. I really like to have what I'm, you know, what I'm going to say in this conversation kind of planned out. So then Jesus says, if that doesn't work, take along one or two other, you know, trusted friends so that they can reaffirm what you're saying. Because if you, you know, come to sit someone and say, you know, like, I think you may have a problem with alcohol. Um, and I observe that, you know, I feel uncomfortable. Um, I feel like I don't know how to help you or take care of you. And they say, no, you're crazy. That's not real. Okay. Then it's, that's when you bring one or two friends in to, and that helps uh, reaffirm what you were saying, because when one person, you know, is kind of bringing something up to you, that might just have been their own personal experience. But when it's reaffirmed by others, it's like, okay, this is, you know, multiple people are observing the same thing. So that means there must be some truth to it. And then Jesus says, um, if he refuses to listen, then tell the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, um, it says, treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. I think this is really important in like the way that we should be dealing with, with issues, um, within the church. Like if there's a problem with a clergy member, if there's a problem with a Catholic, like public figure, instead of like publicly shaming them right away, like who's having that one-on-one -on -one conversation with them, they should be sat down with their bishop and have that conversation. But then sometimes there are times where, where people do not, you know, listen to the church and they are, you know, they might be like excommunicated or removed from their, from their office. And like, um, it's, it's important to not just like sweep those things under the rug as we've all learned as Catholics. Um, if you're a Catholic, you know, my age or older, we've lived through some really bad experiences of things being swept under the rug instead of properly dealt with. So I think Jesus gives us a really, really good template here. Um, and then he reaffirms to the disciples what he told to Peter in the reading a few weeks ago. What you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Um, and then he says something really important. If two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly father. So in other words, like when, when two people or more pray together for a certain cause, like that holds some weight to the father, um, that like he, he hears the cries of the poor and, and the, the church, like the church is not just the, you as an individual, it has to be a community. So that means something to, to the father. So my challenge for you for this week is to, um, do that examination of conscience at night before you go to bed in your prayer, um, and in instead of the kind of normal Ignatian examine, which is beautiful and wonderful, maybe this week try it by saying, like, looking at your whole day and saying, like, where did I properly love others and where did I fail to love them? And how did I properly love God today? And, you know, where did I fail to love God? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. 
You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week. Carry on.